Welcome to Transmissions Alt Mode, where we talk about all news, comics, and media related to the Transformers. On this episode, it's the return of Transformers Comics. We do a deep dive into Skybound's Transformers number one and the new Energon universe. Today is Friday, October 13th, 2023, and this is episode 359 of Transmissions Alt Mode. Transmissions Alt Mode. Podcast that's looking for an energon boost in a new universe. I'm your host, Charles, aka Big C, and I'm joined by the excellent transmissions team. Dean, Provost and President of Transformers University, Ant from TFUN.info. Hello. And Jeremy, aka Yakko. Hey, how's it going? Let's talk Transformers comics. <laughs> All right, and as always, we start off the show by thanking our Donatrions, those lovely people who support us on Patreon and PayPal. Thank you all so much for continuing to help us out and support the show. We really appreciate it, and it's because of you that we can keep everything going, keep the lights on, and keep the show going. So we really appreciate the support. If you are not a Donatron and would like to become one, just go to transmissionspodcast.com slash support, and that's where we can you can sign up and Become one of the few, the proud, the transmission supporters. Uh, of course, uh, you get a lot of perks by being a Donatron, some exclusive bonus episodes. Uh, that includes our bonus show, We Like Big Bots, done by Daryl and Dr. Pants, who could not be here today. Uh, this week is Bizarro Thanksgiving, so uh, we don't have Daryl with us up in Canada. Uh, but we, uh, we wish them a happy Thanksgiving. Even We're going to make the... him do a solo show in November, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if only we recorded on Thursdays. <laughs> but uh, he'll be back next week. Don't worry. And uh, we've got Empire of Rust, our Transformers Live Play RPG podcast, currently uh, on hiatus after the end of season two. But the Rustford Files, the uh, bonus show is going on. We've got episode two of the Rustford Files, The Day the Earth Laid Down. And that is at transmissionspodcast.com slash rust. So uh, you can continue to listen to that and uh, enjoy the, uh, the little intermission while we uh, get ready for season three of Empire of Rust. Uh, we've got some other stuff coming, but I, before I go into everything else, I do want to introduce our guest, Ant from TFU.info. So, uh, Ant, uh, welcome. It's it's good to have you back. We've had you on before, and it's awesome to you know to see you hanging out with us. Thanks for coming back. Uh, happy to be here, and glad to be talking some uh, new comics for for once. Yeah, and uh, we had you on the toy show too. So everyone, uh, check that. If you didn't check that out on Wednesday, uh, it did. It was a Great, uh, enjoyable time, I'm sure. Uh, but it's okay. You'll, uh, I'm sure it'll be great. So, uh, you know, or it was great. So check that uh, out. It was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just so, so sad we had to edit out that amazing thing from Trips to the Store that ended up <laughs> there was an NDA or something. <laughs> But yeah, so Ant's gonna gonna give us his perspective on uh, Transformers number one, the new comic from Skybound that we're doing today. Uh, of course, uh, Ant is a longtime member of the Transformers uh, fan community. Has done so much stuff. Uh, runs that awesome website tfu.info, 
uh, where you know anytime you have any uh, need any information on Transformers toys, you can check that out there. And of course, the podcast Transformers University, which is a you know great uh, informative podcast about different Transformers topics. Uh, really enjoyable stuff. So uh, yeah, there's TFU.info uh, right there. <laughs> you need to do some modern. Oh, I, I need to do a lot of updating. <laughs> I, I will not. I will not lie about that one. Your, your, your content <laughs> over appearance. <laughs> yeah, um, at this point, it is. It's very much content over appearance, but uh, yeah. uh, we'll get to it <laughs> Maybe for our thirtieth anniversary. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, uh, as I was saying, let's uh, let's uh, with uh, um, Ant uh, fully integrated into the show. Let's uh, go on with uh, the toy hacks code that we have for the month of October. Uh, I think uh, Jeremy and Daryl, you introduced a new code last week. That is Skybound in honor of the new Transformers comic coming this uh, this month. So if you want to get some stickers, labels at toyhacks.com, just uh, use our code Skybound to get 15% off all your orders there, which is a pretty good deal. And uh, as cor- of course, with the new Skybound comic coming out, we have to show off our exclusive cover. And uh, I've got the real deal right here. This is our exclusive Transformers number one by artist EJ Sue. It's a very cool cover here. And you can see on the back, there it is. There's that logo, Transmissions Podcast. There it is. It's real and it's spectacular. So. You know, going by where your finger was, I mm-hmm. thought you were pointing out the image logo, and I was like, "Well, that's supposed to be there." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here, this, this one, this one, right there. It, it, it doesn't there it get is. old seeing our logo on a physical comic. <laughs> so yeah, got a lot of these. I've been ship, shipping them out to uh, all the people who ordered them, and all our donatrons are getting one too. So um, yeah, look forward to these. We have in the uh, chat, uh, John Forks, loving good, got his already. Oh, nice, great. Yeah, I've been uh, shipping is expensive, so I've been sending a media mail. So hopefully they're they're coming uh, they're coming relatively soon. So um, just be patient. I'm I'm updating the tracking uh, numbers as soon as we send them out. So everyone, uh, you know, look forward to them. They'll be coming soon. Can't wait to get mine. <laughs> <laughs> Did you did you uh did you uh pay the did you pay the um pay for the order, Dar- I, uh, Jeremy? I, I didn't pay for anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I was told my Canadian friend was going to take care of it. Well, he's not <laughs> here. I'll, I'll have to have a chat with him. All right. All right. Well, uh, without further ado, let's uh, let's move on and jump right in. Uh, before we get into the comic review, let's talk about some news because we've got other stuff going on. Like this, this comic is is doing some crazy stuff, uh, you know, so numbers are going crazy here. Uh, but let's jump into some comics news. All right, so uh, of course the artist and writer on Transformers is Daniel Warren Johnson, and he is having a great year. I mean, he's an Eisner Award-winning artist. He's a, um, and I have not kind of checked out some of his previous work, but uh, his work with uh, uh, Do a Power Bomb, I believe that's a, a comic 
focused on wrestling, and uh, he's you see some of his influences wrestling in Transformers Number One. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but uh, he's a Chicago artist, so he's so uh, local Chicago uh, uh, press has uh, talked about his uh, his work on Transformers. So you can check out that article. Uh, the, he also uh, he does a YouTube channel where he does a uh, like a weekly stream every Friday with um, where he talks about his work. Uh, and he did a special stream as a with a director's commentary for Transformers number one. So uh, I did watch this commentary. It was very interesting. He goes through every page of the comic. Uh, he also talks about his love for other Transformers artists. He um, he read a lot of the Marvel comics back in the day. And he's a big fan of Jeff Sr. So as soon as I heard that, that was uh, I knew he was a kindred spirit. Uh, Jeff Sr. is one of my favorite uh, Transformers artists. Uh, by far, uh, one of my my favorite from the Marvel era, and uh, the fact that he called out Jeff Senior in particular as as one of his influences of and trying to kind of uh, you know a style that he would he he said it, it's so unique he can't really uh, you know copy it or or uh, or homage it but he really enjoys it so I really appreciated that uh, so uh, Daniel Warren Johnson. <laughs> We can get you on transmissions anytime. We, I'd love to talk to you about Jeff Senior. So, but he also talked about the, it's. It's funny because he talked about his um, the the toy that he uses as a model for Optimus Prime, which is actually a third party figure from Magic Square. So it was kind of interesting. Like, oh, Hasbro is not uh, <laughs> is not uh, you know having any issues with the uh, with his stream there, but. Uh, he was he was showing off at Magic Square Optimus Prime and saying, "Yeah, that was a that was a um, a clear uh, inspiration for him." So and he's talked about that before in other interviews I've, I've seen. But I'm sure, yeah. someone at Hasbro is sending him free Optimuses right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean <laughs> this one. <laughs> yeah, previous artists have all been very like publicly. We don't like third party because of the Hasbro stuff. He's an Eisner Award winner. I mean, <laughs> he can do what he wants. But uh, yeah, so I mean, that's so ch- definitely checked out those interviews or the, or that uh, that stream that he did. I thought that was uh, there's a lot of information there, and uh, of course, with the way the numbers that Transformers Number One is selling, it already has immediately went to second printing. So uh yeah so it's it's sold out there's going to be several uh new covers for the second printing um lots of different artists here let's see who are uh we've got uh Jason Howard so that's I think Jason Howard did the the second printing for Void Rivals with Jetfire and he's doing one for like a in a similar style for Optimus Prime and Starscream then uh, Louis LaRosa is doing two covers uh, featuring both Autobots and Decepticons. And then uh, Greg Tocchini is doing a spoiler cover. Uh, How can for... you a spoiler for a second printing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have, the, those covers are out. I don't know if you guys have seen them, but uh, yeah, there's definitely a spoiler <laughs> on that one cover. Oh, there is? Okay. I don't think is it. It's not in this story, but I guess no. we can we can uh, we can we can point it out. I'll point it out when we get to uh, that moment later oh, on. Spoilers <laughs> in the book. Yeah. Okay. All right. But yeah, so that's uh, that's uh, that's cool. That uh, I mean, I I hope that this is actually selling out at the um, at the customer level as well. Like I hope that 
comics comic shops aren't getting stuck with a lot of copies that they can't move if i hope people are really really buying this so i saw uh, on on twitter x whatever you want to call it today um I remember who it was it was a uk uh one of the uk transformer um creators that he had gone to a couple of different comic stores and hadn't found the physical copy yet no really because they're they were selling out okay yeah, I didn't have any trouble getting getting uh, different covers in my store. So I mean, yeah, as you saw from the trips to the store, my my store had plenty. Yeah. So uh, so that's awesome, and that and of course uh, they already have a preview of Transformers number two out. Uh, so uh, you know, showing more of the characters. I mean, I don't think we we should maybe shouldn't show that here in case anyone wants any spoilers but you can check that out we'll have a link in the show notes if you want to you know if you want to see what's coming in issue two um but it, yeah it's it's fun so exciting it's a yeah it feels it feels exciting that we've got new transformers comics uh the new company taking the transformers license so this has been you know this is a kind of a once in a once in a decade event <laughs> Once <laughs> once in a generation event, yeah. So, uh, so uh, yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's it's exciting. You know, even if you know, regardless of your, if you are not into Transformers comics or were as have not been into Transformers comics in the past, uh, I'd encourage you to check it out. See you, see if it grabs you. So, I mean, I, I don't think even Dreamwave did some of these numbers, right? I mean. The, Hundred and fifty something thousand. Yeah, these and that. I mean, that's that's the impressive thing is that these are these numbers are beating Dreamwave from twenty years ago, which was already that was a better comic the, market. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is in this market, it's like unheard of. I and mean, this is beating Batman, Spider Man. Yeah, for this issue, I, yeah. I, I just worry about the drop off between one and two because there's always a drop off. Just yeah. How, how much is that drop off going to be? Yeah. Dreamwave did 119,000 copies uh, back in, was that 2002, 2003? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's yeah. significant. This is it, like, it'll be nice having that kind of number kind of shoved under the carpet. Now we have, we can, you know, image isn't going anywhere. They're not going to have <laughs> the financial issues that Dreamwave had. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Robert Kirkman can buy a Ferrari, but he he doesn't need to bankrupt his company to to <laughs> finance a, a new car. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> but uh, we we won't uh, we won't dwell on uh, <laughs> past uh, past uh, scandals. But uh, let's uh, let's jump in and and talk about this new comic. So we're going to do our spoiler review of Transformers number one. All right, so uh, I have written a review. It's it's been a while. I had to dust off my uh, uh, my fingers and my typing fingers here and get this review ready. Uh, we've got Skybound Transformers number one, and this is uh, so I'm not going to do covers anymore. This I mean, at least with this one, ridiculous. <laughs> uh, uh, thirty it's only, something. It's the only one that matters, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, 
I mean, I got muted for a second. <laughs> the only cover you need is EJ Sue <laughs> Transmission Transformers number one. That's well, all you need. I mean, what about some of those ratio covers that we're, we're going to have online at some point? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, I I actually do have it here. Yeah, this is the the one to one hundred cover we got. Uh, as you know, as a we have, we are a retailer now, so we had a got a retailer incentive for get it for. Yeah. Buying enough comics because, to, yeah, we had, um, we had to this. buy enough to qual- and then qualify for all these ratio covers. Yeah, is that so, chromium? Yeah, it's it's a foil cover for the. This is the um, the spoiler one. You know, one in one hundred incentive cover. So honestly, I'm not too impressed with that art. <laughs> <laughs> just, I don't know, something about the hands. But uh, yeah, so I mean, there are uh, there are a lo- tons of covers. I mean, beyond just the 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 regular covers, then retail incentive covers, and retail exclusive covers like the ones we got there. I think there are over like thirty thirty five different covers for this issue. So, and then now there's going to be a second printing. So there's going to be even more covers. So there's lots of covers. Pick the cover you want. Uh, just make sure you pick the transmissions cover. <laughs> And uh yeah, check you can check those out uh online. So now let's talk about Transformers number one. Writer and artist, Daniel Warren Johnson, colorist Mike Spiker, Mike Spicer, letterer Russ Wooten, editor Sean Makowitz, and publication design Andres Suarez. So that's the creative team, and uh let's get into the story. So we're gonna do all this is full spoilers. So hopefully you have picked up the comic. If you haven't, uh, shut this off. Go read the comic first, then come back. Not for unless, a week and a half. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, the, but we're, this is your warning. This is your final warning. All right. So let's talk about this comic. In the mid-1980s, in a town somewhere in the Pacific Northwest, Spite Wickwicky finds his dad's spark plug passed out at the local bar. Spike's brother Jimmy was killed in an accident some time ago, and Sparkplug's been soothing his grief in the bottom of a bottle. Spike tries to help his dad get back on his feet, but Sparkplug would rather use alcohol to forget the pain of losing his son and even forget him altogether. Spike doesn't want to forget Jimmy, but rather to follow in his footsteps, much to Sparkplug's dismay. But enough melodrama, Sparkplug's gotta go to work, the night shift at the power plant. His friend Davey is happy to give him a ride. As they drive off, Sparkplug admonishes Spike to grow up and put his childish dreams aside. As Spike watches them leave, his girlfriend Carly is there to hopefully cheer him up. They're going to take Jimmy's old telescope to go look at the moon on the top of Hangar's Rock tonight. They take Carly's 80s van with the awesome airbrush art up to the mountain. As they discuss their plans for the future, Spike wanting to go to Berkeley and study to eventually become an astronaut. While Carly goes to art school, they commiserate over their teenage problems and having to deal with parents who just don't understand. But their quiet moment is interrupted by an earthquake. The mountain starts shaking and the ground opens up below them, plunging them into darkness. Both kids are shaken up, but mostly unharmed after the tremors stop. They find themselves inside the mountain, which is concealing an amazing secret, a giant spaceship. As they search for a way back to the surface, they find the remains of the ship's crew, which appear to all be giant alien robots. 
Just as they see an opening that might lead out of the mountain, a jet plane approaches and transforms into a giant humanoid robot. It's Jetfire, a Cybertronian who recently was awakened in issue one of Void Rivals. Jetfire has found his way to Earth and located his fallen comrades. He collected information on Earth's technology and plugs the data cartridge into the ship's computer to reactivate the ship's crew. With this data, Teletran 1 can reconstruct new alternate forms and revive the Cybertronians. Jetfire watches as his old friend Starscream is the first subject to come back online. Starscream thanks Jetfire for reviving him and then blasts the fallen form of Bumblebee in the face. Jetfire is horrified by this act of violence, but he doesn't understand that the situation on Cybertron has changed. Jetfire left Cybertron long before the planet had descended into civil war. Jetfire tries to stop Starscream from executing any more fallen Autobots, but Starscream won't be dissuaded. Jetfire begs for him to stop, and Starscream turns on him and blasts Jetfire in the chest. As Jetfire falls to the ground in agony, neither Starscream nor Jetfire notice that another bot has been brought back online, Optimus Prime. Before Starscream can murder another Autobot, Optimus Prime grabs him and knocks him back. He taunts Starscream for his cowardice at shooting bots while they lie dormant and helpless, but Starscream only cares about winning. As they wrestle in epic robot hand-to-hand combat, they destroy the debris that had served as Spike and Carly's hiding hiding space. The kids try to run in the opposite direction to get out of harm's way, but Optimus sees them. Optimus realizes these creatures must be the planet's native inhabitants, and his instinct to protect them kicks in. He tells them to get behind him as Starscream opens fire on Optimus. Luckily, the Autobot medic Ratchet is the next bot to be rebuilt, and he delivers a swift kick to out Starscream, knocking him off balance. Ratchet uses the moment to help Optimus recover, but their respite is short-lived since the next bot online is Skywarp. Skywarp angrily fires blast after blast as the two Autobots take cover. Starscream tells Skywarp to help move the Decepticon bodies closer to Teltran 1 so that Decepticons will be revived instead of Autobots, and Skywarp obeys. The odds are getting increasingly worse for the Autobots. Optimus realizes they have to retreat and orders Ratchet to gather up the bodies of the other Autobots into his trailer so they can escape. Optimus will provide a distraction to buy time. He sees his blaster lying on the ground and makes a move for it. But he's not fast enough. Just then, Soundwave is reactivated, and he fires a massive blast from his shoulder cannon, knocking Optimus to the ground. In the midst of the explosion, Optimus struggles to regain his feet and sees the fallen form of his friend Bumblebee. Bee's injuries look irreparable, and a grief-stricken Optimus cradles his lifeless body in his arms. Watching from the sidelines, Spike sees Optimus' pain, and in that moment, senses a kindred spirit who knows similar loss and grief. Spike sees Optimus' humanity despite his alien form. But that moment of grief means Optimus is caught off guard by Starscream. Starscream is Optimus in a headlock and forces him to the ground, but Optimus still struggles to reach his laser rifle. Starscream orders Soundwave to help, and Soundwave ejects Ravage. With both Ravage and Starscream on top of him, Optimus' weapon is just out of reach. Until Spike decides to pick a side. Spike runs from his hiding place and starts pushing the giant rifle closer to Optimus' hand. Carly hesitates a moment and then helps. They manage to push it just enough towards Optimus' fingers, and he grabs the rifle and blasts Ravage in the face. Optimus uses the shock of the moment to knock Starscream off of him, avoid another attack from Skywarp, and gain his footing. But But with more Decepticons being automatically revived, Optimus sees only one option. 
He takes aim and fires, blasting Teletran 1 to smithereens. No more Decepticons will be coming online today. Ratchet has finally gotten all the Autobot bodies loaded into the trailer and signals to Optimus it's time to go. Optimus runs through the Decepticons' explosive blast, carrying the humans who helped him. Starscream is frustrated that Optimus is getting away, but the other Decepticons are low on Energon and can't pursue. Optimus gives that iconic line, transform and roll out. As Optimus and Ratchet transform to their truck and ambulance modes and drive out of the arc, uh, drive out of the arc. Spike and Carly are safely in Optimus's cab, but they watch in shock as Optimus and Ratchet drive right off the cliff out of the arc shuttle bay and land on the road, wheels intact and still driving. But they're not safe yet. Starscream and Skywarp transform to their jet modes and pursue them, firing blast after blast on the fleeing vehicles. Back in the arc, Jetfire regains consciousness. He's been injured, but he sees Optimus and Ratchet escaping and has to help. He transforms to his jet mode and blasts Starscream and Skywarp from behind. The Decepticons are forced to break off their attack to deal with Jetfire. They return fire, adding more brutal wounds to Jetfire as he flies past them. But Jetfire's attack was enough to drain the Decepticons' energon reserves enough that they are forced to halt their pursuit and let the Autobots escape. Spike leads the Autobots to an abandoned quarry where they can take refuge. Jetfire is severely damaged and can't be repaired. Even the power of the Matrix isn't enough to keep Jetfire from going offline. With his dying moments, Jetfire apologizes to Optimus for letting Starscream hurt them. He didn't realize Optimus had become the new Prime or that there was now a war on Cybertron. Optimus tells him there's nothing to forgive, that they are also trying to find a way to save their dying planet. Sadly, Jetfire's last moments are regret that he failed in his mission to save Cybertron. Back at the Ark, Soundwave tells Starscream their situation is dire. Teletran 1 is beyond repair, without energon and raw materials, but all the Decepticons online do not have the necessary energon reserves to harvest what they need. All except Starscream himself. Angrily, Starscream agrees to go and collect the materials for the good of his loyal soldiers. At the nearby power plant, Sparkplug and Davy are clocking out. Davy tries to have a heart-to-heart with Sparkplug about his son Spike, but Sparky isn't listening. Suddenly, a giant robot appears and starts ripping down the metal infrastructure. Starscream has found the source of energy and materials. In a panic, Davy tries to make a run for it, but that's the last mistake he'll ever make. While Sparkplug hides, Davy is caught by Starscream, who grabs him in his giant metal hand. Starscream is mildly curious about these native creatures infesting the planet. He squeezes poor Davy until he pops. Starscream is amused by these creatures and how weak and pathetic they are. And that is how we end this story to be continued in Transformers number two next month. And that was Transformers number one. I got to say, one thing I did appreciate was this jumped right in with the action like we didn't have a huge build up it was uh it was pretty quick and uh you know we got right in with the action we got right in with the with the bots we got a lot of characterization particularly from Optimus Prime and Starscream uh we got a little a little character moments uh, you know I, I i particularly liked showing the sensitivity and humanity of Optimus Prime immediately in this story. I think that was, that's something that in previous, uh, like previous comics with Optimus that, you know, for a long time, I thought that was something that was was missing. That the the core of Optimus Prime is not that he's just 
you know, this heroic epic leader. It's that he has this core of compassion for other people, particularly for his for his troops and for, you know, other living creatures that are that are smaller than him. And his he has his instinct is is to protect. So I really like that. Uh, on the flip side, I also thought the star- characterization of Starscream was pretty spot on with like how he is ruthless and, um, you know, always looking for the advantage. And also, you know, particularly he is he's in charge and he he enjoys being in charge and he's not interested in, you know, keep keep Megatron's name out of your mouth. He's the leader of the Decepticons here, which, uh, you know, that that bodes well for a, a future. Probably, a, you know, there's going to be a future uh, appearance of good old Megatron, I'm sure we'll be back in at some point in the future. So, I mean, that's not, that's not something that we've, that's something we've seen before when previous uh, star screams where, he, where he's had a chance to, to lead on his own. So that's how IDW started. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 and so they also, I think this issue, this issue had 30 pages, so it had 10 more pages than a normal comic. So it had the chance to really flesh out the story. And I thought it was a really good uh, kind of first issue sell, you know, intro- reintroduction. Uh, it is going back to like the original G1. I mean, it's it looks like it's uh, set in the 80s. I mean, there there's no time period really mentioned, but it does look like it does have that kind of 80s feel. So I'm curious. I, I was hooked. So I was intrigued. I thought it was a good start. And so. We'll see where it goes, and uh, I hope this uh, this takes us in some interesting directions. So, um, Ant, uh, I'm curious uh, what your what your thoughts were on this comic, and and where you landed on this. You know, my my thoughts are kind of a bit all over the place on it. I think for one, um, like I guess it's it's a necessary evil in some ways for those of us who got to kind of live through the the Dreamwave. Uh, you know, more than meets the eye, uh, and are in robots in disguise era, right? Um, everything's going to have to be compared to that, whether it's whether it's justified or not. Um, uh, <laughs> but like everything is going to end up, um, starting from a point. Uh, the the that G one nostalgia nineteen eighty four point. So, you know, waving the the IDW stuff aside, because I think that is, that's a different echelon. I think when you compare like how this launched to compare, like say how Dreamwave launched, I, I feel like this book in a lot of ways is what those of us who were around when we were experiencing the hype up into Dreamwave, um, this was the book we were hoping to get and didn't get. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's um there's a a level of violence in this book that I'm not necessarily comfortable with yet because I don't feel like we've established uh, the stakes, um, you know, Jetfire shows up just to die. Uh, Bumblebee mm. gets shot in the face. I don't think Bumblebee's dead. I think Bumblebee is is getting his Rise of the Beast moment where he is shifted off until he shows up. <laughs> um, and, and same for Megatron. In a lot of ways, I do like the re the reimagining of the the original pilot of how the Autobots and uh, Decepticons are rebuilt by Teletran one. I think um, Jetfire showing up and kind of messing with things um, as opposed to just like a, a random sky spy flying out and being confused. Um, it, it put a, a level of, of uh, uh, 
logic to to how they were being brought back and mm-hmm. and then optimus destroying teletran one actually for me is really cool because it forces that cast to be limited it forces yeah like when when he blows them up like if you see this the panel or two before uh you see reflector and and thundercracker being built in the background and right. and then they fall apart like that, that that's <laughs> like that's how close you were to getting those characters in the book and now you're not um so i i think the small cast will will allow for characterization i think um overall i'm i'm impressed with the book i want to like it more but i want to see where it's headed so i'm intrigued i think it's probably the, the best way to, mm-hmm. to put this but it's probably sort of the same way as, as you're feeling and then um i think the one thing for for me daniel warren johnson's art um it, it's weird it's not quite hitting hitting me yet like i'm not in love with it um and it's funny you mentioned jeff senior before we talked because i i, I didn't think of jeff senior um um, and that's the same thing. Like Jeff senior had to grow on me before I liked him. Um, the person I thought of when I was reading this and, and it's probably a bit out there and it's not a similar style, but with my reaction to it is the same is Sam Keith. Um, I didn't like Sam Keith's art when I first saw it and like, but I knew it was good and like, I didn't like it, but I knew it was good. And I had to like, try to figure out why that worked. And I, I feel like I feel the same way right now about Daniel Warren Johnson's like I, mm-hmm. his storytelling is great. Like I can tell from panel to panel, I know what's going on. I know that sequence. Um, but the stylization, oh, it's just not, it's not clicking for me just yet. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because and when he when he talked about Jeff Senior on his uh, stream, he he specifically said, "I can't do Jeff Senior because <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Senior is is uh, like his his lines are too straight for me." <laughs> so, and you can tell with with Daniel Warren Johnson, he's a much more kind of fluid uh, artist here. Like he's 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 really reinterpreting things in a less uh, kind of a more, I would say. Uh, not not as precise as what we've previously seen from tra- from previous Transformers artists. So, um, I d- I enjoyed most of the art for the issue. I think there was maybe one like one or two panels where I thought uh, the proportions for Optimus Prime were a little bit weird. But I did like the like I'm I'm not a big wrestling fan, but I immediately could see like that he is because of all the the wrestling moves he was putting in with the the fight between. Optimus and Starscream there, and I, and it looked cool. I mean, I I I thought that was a that was a cool way to to um to uh to you know show that physicality of the battle. Um, so I I appreciate that, but I yeah I, I think the art is is definitely different from what I'm used to for for Transformers, but uh, I think it's it's interesting. At least I'm I'm you know I'm looking forward to see more. So yeah. All right, uh, Jeremy, what did you think? I'm kind of along the same lines. I, w- my immediate thought after I read the book for the first time was that this is clearly a book aimed not at the current fandom that was into the IDW books and stuff. This is a more general audience, you know, trying to get a lot of new people to become Transformer comic fans. And, you know, I enjoyed the book, but it did not have the depth that I really wanted. Um, It just, it it seemed like it it was more shallow in a lot of the storytelling beats that I wish it was, it had, but, you know, the art, uh, I I agree with what a lot of you, uh, you said about the art. It, 
I can tell it's good as well, but I'm I'm still on the fence as to why it. I mean, I just I haven't I haven't seen a lot of his his stuff. Um, but I mean, everything is clear. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm curious as to what Daryl's gonna say when we talk to him about it. But I mean, it's not like like I, I enjoyed Tom Skelly's Transformers versus GI Joe, which also I realize is good. And I can understand why Daryl thinks that it's not good. I'm just, I'm, I'm wondering what he's going to say about this. Cause this is also stylized. I mean, it's a lot clearer and uh, it's just, it's different. We've, yeah. we've dealt with the, the Alex Mills, the Andrew Griffiths, EJ Sue's for years and, you know, the highly precise, you know, overly precise, really, uh, and clean transformers, and this is more rough, visceral. It kind of works in the fights, although uh, there there are some proportion issues. But uh, I think with his wrestling background, it did help in the um, kind of the choreography. I thought it, it worked really well mm-hmm. there. Uh, but the writing, I feel, was the strongest point of the book. Even though it didn't give me all that I want, I could see as someone that has never read a transformer book before pick this up and be like, Oh, this is something that's interesting. It's not what I've seen in the live action movies. It's not what I remember from the cartoons and stuff, but there are enough points in there that do click that I could see them catching on and, and following it. I mean, th- there is going to be a drop off with number two, cause there always is, but I, I could see a lot of casual fans sticking with this for a little while, uh, especially with, you know, the following that Robert Kirkman has and that Daniel Warren Johnson has. Um, I think that's going like, to sustain this a little bit until we can kind of get into the universe more. But um, and it, it left me wanting a lot more. But I do like what they're doing. The, the reversal of the Decepticons are now in the art where the Autobots are kind of having to figure out where to be. And really they're down to just Optimus and Ratchet at this point. I think mm-hmm. that that is an interesting starting place. And um, I, it's, it's, um, you know, kind of a reversal of what we've seen in almost every other incarnation. Uh, and then the human story also kind of interests me, although that fall that uh, that um, Spike and Carly took after the earthquake, uh, there's no <laughs> way they survived that. <laughs> That's like falling onto rocks, probably twenty, thirty feet. There, there's no way they survived. There that. were there were special uh, super soft pillow rocks at the bottom of that cavern. Maybe and, uh, or or broke their fall. <laughs> this entire series is just gonna be. Uh, ultimately Spike's last thought. That's everything that happened is just before he died. <laughs> but I don't know. It, it I, I get the impression that uh, Jetfire had been on Earth for a little while because he had, like, I, I got the impression that he identified where the Ark was, but he couldn't get to it. So that's why yeah. he, he caused the earth, Earthquake. And he that kind of gave him a knowledge of Earth vehicles and and stuff 
which kind of goes into what you're saying Ant, with the logic. And mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of connected dots there that I did enjoy. And yeah, so, I mean, this was fun. This was a good number one. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where the whole Energon universe goes from here. I, I, I There's enough there that really, if I wasn't already committed to buying every Transformers comic ever, I would continue with this. <laughs> I mean, if I could give one tiny nitpick, which is not, I mean, it's not a criticism of this book because you could, you, you could probably criticize every, uh, like every introductory Transformers story with this. Um, how do they know English? <laughs> how, are they, how do they immediately speak English with, yeah. and, and speak to the, to the humans already and, and can speak their language? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, mean, I suspect Jetfire has been on, on the planet for a while and has, you know, yeah, but done recon, but, but yeah, everyone else. Yeah, I mean, Jetfire wasn't the one who talked to the humans first. Right. It was Optimus. So, I mean, that's and that's you know, that's maybe, every that's that's every transport or every every Teletran like, was able to monitor things in the however long. <laughs> Teletran installed Google Translate right. into them, and, <laughs> or the 1980s equivalent. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, it's funny you spent mentioned the 1980s. Like, there's no clear declaration of when right. this story takes place. Like, we're, we're just assuming it's the 80s because of the war scene at the beginning, which may or may not be Vietnam. Um, it could also be like Desert Storm or something. Yeah. You know. And then the shuttle explosion that's shown there, which is what we assume is what killed Jimmy. Um, so was Jimmy on the Challenger? Was he? And and yeah. the thing is, I know you mentioned that Jimmy is Spike's brother. I don't think did they say Jimmy was Spike's brother in the book. No, they did not. So yeah, we're we're making some assumptions there. So yeah, that that's they did not they did not mention who exactly Jimmy is. So Jimmy could be his brother, could be his uncle, could be something else it's entirely. Just getting Jimmy Pink out of the picture from the start. <laughs> so IDW fans clamoring for return of Jimmy Pink. Yeah, I like to think Jimmy is Buster's real uh, first right. name. <laughs> James Bust, James Buster. Yeah, so so we do. Yeah, we do not have the full picture of uh, Spike and Sparkplug's uh, home situation. So hopefully we'll get more details in the next issue. Um, yeah, also, I and on, on the um, on the director commentary stream that i watched uh daniel warren johnson did mention that he did he specifically did not give a time era for the comic so he said the only the only thing he he kind of fixed is that no one has cell phones because he says he hates stories with with cell phones i guess that that you know causes some some narrative issues <laughs> depending mm. you know, with you know how, ease of communication so it's a time before cell phones were plentiful i guess well, which that doesn't have to be the eighties. <laughs> right. I mean, I think it's smart with the whole establishing of this new universe. You have the GI Joe stuff that's going to be starting up to kind of not setting a distinct time frame doesn't lock you in. Uh, and so I mean, eventually they're going to have to kind of give it a, a set time. But right now, you know, when they're introducing everything, just it, it helps. Because you yeah. saw what happened with IDW when they tried to integrate the continuity of all the GI Joe stuff with all the Transformers stuff, and it just didn't really work. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, so I I'd say 
this is a this is a a good start, a good fresh start. Um, yeah, it remains to be seen how how this what direction this will take. Um, yeah, I mean, I the the high watermark for me is still the IDW, particularly the James Roberts and John Barber era of of IDW comics. That's my that's my like ultimate uh, um, you know Transformers comics stories and uh, you know the the pinnacle of of plot art and everything coming together really well. So um, can this get to that height? I mean, we'll, we'll give it, we'll give it time and see, see where they go. I mean, that would, that would be uh, you know, that would be a, a worthy goal to shoot for. Um, I have seen like the, some of the interviews that Daniel Warren Johnson has given, he is, he is not familiar at all with the IDW stuff. So he won't really be influenced by that. So we'll see what direction he'll take, um, you know, as a, as kind of a someone who is has not has kind of missed out on that that era of Transformers comics. So yeah, I mean that, that's my big worry that there were so many good concepts that have made their way in, like the even mm-hmm. the toys, cartoons, and stuff, and just the the depth of storytelling. Yeah, I just I worry that we're going to be reverting back. I don't know. You know, it, we could be. I, I think the, you know the, the the interesting wild card in all this is how much influence Robert Kirkman has on it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not to say that he knows or doesn't know the IDW stuff, but just being someone as someone who's read, I've read the entire run of Invincible. I've read the entire run of of The Walking Dead. Right. Um, those two. Those are his two big series. And, and when you think about how like those stories start out a certain way and they become something else, you know. 10 or 12 issues in you know the walking dead becomes starts out as a zombie story and becomes a story about like what what do you do on earth when when you know governments fail and you have to rebuild from zero right invincible becomes a story about not just about a superhero a kid superhero but a a kid and his family and his dad and his relationship with them um so i i don't necessarily you know i have hope that that this will eventually flip over into something that is a little more um, in line with the folks who like the the mid era of IDW and what they mm-hmm. what what those stories presented, yeah, 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 and and also I mean we don't know like in, from the creator point of view like Daniel Warren Johnson I guess has only said he's he's going to do the first six issues so we don't know how if he's going to go past that if we're going to get other creators working on this book I mean there will be if there's lots of potential for other creators to to work on this and with skybound see looks like they're committed to a relatively long haul for this energon universe at least they're trying to build it up to something that's going to be going for a while so there will be an opportunity for lots of different creators to hopefully bring something interesting so yeah it, it does seem like they're they're they have firm they have good plans for a firm foundation for all the energon universe stuff and that, mm-hmm. I, I like going in with the the clear like you know it's clear that there is a plan so i'm willing to kind of let let this foundation be built and we'll see where we go from there yep all right well uh, that was our review of transformers number one and uh that will do it for this episode of transmissions alt mode so, uh, as always, at the end of every show, we give a shout out to our masterpiece donatrons. These are the folks who continue to support us at our highest level on Patreon. And that's why 
we give them a shout out in every episode. So thank you once again to John Forex Eleven Good and Demon Tech Eighty Two. You guys are awesome. I th- I think I see Demon Tech Eighty Two listening right now. So <laughs> you get to hear your shout out live. So <laughs> hope you enjoyed it. And thank you for your support. And of course, uh, Ant, thanks for coming on guest hosting this week. Uh, why don't you tell everyone where they can find your stuff online? Of course, tfu.info. Yes. Uh, so you can start with the website, tfu.info, the world's longest running transforming toy archive. Uh, you can also catch me on my podcast, Transformers University, and uh, my sister show for that, uh, TFU News and Views, where I will be, um, it might even be up by the time this posts, uh, my review of, of Transformers 1. Uh, and uh, Transformers number one, I should say. And then, uh, uh, of course, you can catch me on social media. I still try to figure out where where I'm ending up. I'm trying to end up at Blue Sky. I've even moved my icon uh, to where I used to keep Twitter uh, to force myself to go on there a bit more. Uh, you can find me at Blue Sky is uh, TFU info, all one word. Um, and um, I still poke around on Twitter at TFU underscore info. Awesome. All right, everyone, that's it uh, for this episode. We'll see you next time. Thanks for watching and listening. Bye-bye. Hi. See you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Transmissions. If you'd like to join the conversation, travel to our Discord channel at transmissionspodcast.com slash Discord. Want some cool transmission swag? Feast your eyes on our transmissions gear at transmissionspodcast.com slash shop. If you'd like to support our podcast, go to transmissionspodcast.com slash support or tell your friends about our show. We'll see you next time.